The Bells of San Juan by Jackson Gregory Chapter 25 The Battle in the Arroyo Straight toward that wavering plume of flame in the north they rode swiftly, each man with his own thoughts and with few words. But whether a man thought of Flory Engle gone, or of the shooting of Sheriff Roberts, or of the looting of Las Vegas, or of a ranch raided, he was like his fellows, in that he knew that at last Jim Galloway had come out into the open, and to-night must be Galloway's triumph or Galloway's death. And perhaps, he wondered, if his own saddle would run empty under the stars before another dawn. Three or four miles from San Juan, Norton made out an approaching rider, one who bent over his horse's mane, racing furiously. The figure, growing rapidly distinct as it drew on from the north, grew erect as the horseman saw Norton's posse. The rider jerked in his horse, pausing a moment as though in doubt whether he were meeting friend or foe. Then, when again he came on at the same headlong gallop, Norton recognized him as Elmer Page. "'They're fighting back yonder!' cried the boy wildly, his eyes shining with his excitement. "'Rocky Lane sent me. I haven't a rifle. Who will give me a rifle? I'll give a man a hundred dollars for a rifle.' "'Easy, Elmer,' said Norton sharply. "'Tell us what Brocky sent you to say. Where are they?' "'Along the arroyo, just off to the east of Mount Temple, about a mile from the mountain. You know, where the biggest boulders are all strung out along the arroyo. It's there.' Brocky and a lot of cowboys are making a stand there, heading off the kid and Del Rio, so they can't get with the others, you know? Why didn't somebody tell me about this? He broke off, his voice shrill. I haven't a rifle, just a cursed revolver. Who will? Again Norton interrupted sternly. Let's have it straight, Elmer, he commanded. Brocky and his men are along the arroyo, you say, and they're trying to keep between Del Rio and the kid's crowd and the other crowd. Some of the others are still on the mountain then. The mountain is full of them. They're pulling down and shooting as they come. Brocky's in between. How many men are with him? About twenty, but my God, Rickard's men and Del Rio's are shooting from the east, and the others are shooting from the west. Poor old Tommy Rudge got shot in the stomach, and Danny Blaine is down in... Del Rio and Rickard didn't come in machines, did they? No, Brocky said tell you they'd left their cars, sent them on filled with loot toward the south, where a lot of other greasers are waiting for them. Then the kid and Del Rio and about fifty men altogether started a big herd of horses and cattle this way. Rocky tried to stampede the herds, but the others and more than two to one, so he got his men in the arroyo, and they're giving them hell from there. Galloway's on the other side? No, Brocky said, tell you, Galloway hadn't shown up yet. We think he didn't expect things to get started so soon. One of Brocky's men riding in a little while ago from the other side of San Juan thought that he had seen Galloway and someone that looked like a girl riding with him toward the old crossroads where Dunbar Place used to be. Rocky thinks maybe you can come in and head Galloway off and bust up the whole play that way. So Galloway and someone who looked like a girl had ridden toward the old Denver crossroads, and Galloway had not yet joined his forces. Elmer, said Norton quickly, ride on to San Juan. Tell John Engle what you have told me about Galloway. Tell him. I won't, cried Elmer, on the verge of hysteria. I won't do it. Do it yourself. Send someone else. I want to go with you. I want a rifle, I tell you. Didn't I see Tommy Rudge go down with a bullet in his belly? Didn't I see Denny when the kid shot him? Norton laid a hand on Elmer's arm, speaking quietly. Listen, Elmer, he said. We will do what we can where Brocky is. But that isn't all of the devilment tonight. Galloway got Flory away somehow. She was the one riding with him toward the crossroads. 
It's up to you to ride on and ride like the devil and tell John Engle. Come on, boys. Elmer sagged in his saddle as though he had been struck a heavy physical blow. Galloway got fluff, he muttered dully. His gaze trailed along after the departing posse. Norton, on his big roan, was setting the pace, the steady, swinging gallop to eat up the miles swiftly and yet not kill the horses before the journey's end. The others followed him, stringing out single file to take advantage of the trail. The moon picked them out with clear relief, a grim line of retribution. And yet the boy, while his eyes wandered after them, saw only little fluff struggling in Jim Galloway's arms. Then suddenly he too was riding, but at a pace which took no heed of a horse's endurance, riding a gallant brute that stretched out its neck, nostrils flaring, hammering hoofs, beating out the very staccato of urgent speed upon the flying sands. Already his revolver was tight clinched in a lifted hand. Already he had swerved a little from the distant lights of San Juan. He was taking the shortest line, which led to Dunbar's crossroads. Galloway's got fluff he said over and over, choking on the words. An hour later, Norton heard the first spitting of rifles, another fifteen minutes of shod hoofs pounding through the broken hills, and he saw the first spurts of flame cutting through the shadows where the trees clung to the arroyo. As he drew in his horse, the men behind him closed up about him. He threw out his arm, pointing, Brocky's boys must be right down there, he said sharply. The kid and Del Rio will be yonder. Those are their horses. Young Page says there are about fifty of them. A full side of rifle shots interrupted him. Along a fifty or sixty-yard front, the kids and Del Rio's men had crept in closer to Brocky's arroyo, warming their way upon their stomachs, and now fired together. There came a rattling reply from the creek, the shouting of cowboys. We'll take those fellows first, ordered Norton quickly. They will see us when we climb our that little rise. Spread out. Go easy until we get to the top. Then, boys, let's see who can give them hell first and the fastest. They looked to the rifles for the last time and rode slowly up the short slope of the low-lying ridge. Then, as the first man topped it, there came a shout from the shadows in front, another shout, and the whizzing of rifle balls. Norton used his spurs then. His big roan leaped forward and was racing down the further slope. His men in a long line rode with him, and as he rode he lifted his own gun and poured his lead into the thickest of the shadows. A wild shout of cheering broke from the royo. Rifle barrels grew hot in hot hands. On through the bright moonlight came the sheriff's posse, some of them firing as they rode, others saving their lead. To be seen from afar now, they drew many a shot toward themselves, and yet the target of a man riding swiftly over uneven ground and in the moonlight is not to be found over readily by questing lead. When Norton called to his men to stop and dismount, taking advantage of a row of scattered boulders, not a saddle was empty. Every man, as he dismounted, threw his horse reins to the ground. The animals might bolt or they might not. Some of them might not stop for many a mile. Others would be found a hundred yards away. But they must all think less of that now than of what lay in front of them. "'That you, Norton?' came a cheery voice booming suddenly through the silence, which had shut down as the newcomers disappeared among the boulders. "'Here, Brocky!' shouted Norton. "'All right down there.' "'Pretty well,' called Brocky. "'They've winged three or four of us. "'They're damned rotten shots, Roddy. "'We popped over a dozen of them.' "'There were other shouts then, tenor Mexican voices for the most part, "'with the kid's unmistakable snarl running through them. "'Men were calling in Spanish to the fellows across the arroyo. "'Whatever it was that Brocky was trying to say was lost in the din, "'and then again came a volley of rifle shots. 
Norton rose slowly to his feet, studying the situation with frowning eyes. A bullet hissed high overhead. Another cut by his side. Another went shrieking off into the night. But while they whined in his ears, he laid his rude plans. The arroyo wound and twisted this way and that through the broken uplands, where Brocky Lane had placed his men so as to defy the union of the two bands of outlaws, it described a white rude arc curving about the spur from Mount Temple. Here the cowboys, with some twenty or thirty feet separating each man from his nearest fellow, were extended along a line which must be about two hundred yards long. The Mexicans to the eastward, where Del Rio and Kid Rickard and Moraga were, were bunched in the protecting shadows of a field of boulders, such as those where the sheriff's men lay. We could stick here all night and get nothing done, said Norton to the men close to him. Rickard's gang could have charged down on Brocky long ago if they'd had the stomach for that sort of thing. They've got the numbers on us. They more than had the count on Brocky's outfit. With those jaspers on the mountainside, they could have turned the trick. But that sort hasn't the desire for a scrap unless they can pull it from behind a rock. And by the same token, they won't last five minutes in the face of a charge. Get me? But the ginks on the mountain will pick us off pretty lively as we hit the trail down the slope here said a thoughtful voice. Then Norton explained further. He meant to eliminate the other crowd. It could be done. When he gave the word, every man was to jump to his feet and make the first half of his charge, the bloodless one, down into the arroyo, toward Brocky Lane. Then, Norton's men and Brocky's united, they could surge up the creek's bank and make their flying attack, coming in between the two other factions so that the men on the mountain must hold their fire or kill as many of their own crowd as of the others. The suggestion was accepted without discussion. When Norton said ready, they were ready. When he jumped to his feet and ran down towards the arroyo, they ran with him. A shout of laughter went up from each side of the dry water course as jeering voices announced triumphantly that the gringos were afraid, and with the shouts came rifle shots. But to the last man of them, they reached the arroyo safely, and ducking low, trotted on to join the cowboys. In a moment more, Norton had found Brocky Lane and explained his plan, had had Brocky's silent nod for an answer. In quiet voices, the men passed the word along the line. Those in the farther end drew in closer, so that their whole body of something better than thirty men occupied but a brief section of the royal. Get your wind first, boys, Norton admonished them. Better fill your clips, too, while you've got the chance, and count on using a six-gun before you're through. All right? Let's show them the sort of scrap a gringo can put up. Then again, they were running, the unwavering line of thirty men, but with a difference which the outlaws might not mistake, and as they ran they held their fire for little knowing how useless and suicidal it would be to pause halfway. But presently they were answering shot with shot, pausing, going down upon one knee, taking a moment's advantage of a friendly rock, pouring lead into the agitated groups among the boulders springing up, running on again, every man fighting the fight his own way, the thirty of them making the air tingle with their shouts as they bore onward. Then it was man to man, and often enough one man to two or three, dark forms struggling, men striking with clubbed guns, men snatching at their sidearms, going down, rising or half-rising, firing as long as a charge was in a gun or strength in a body and as they fired and struck and called out after the fashion of the cowboys in a scrimmage, the body of men before them wavered and broke and began to fall back. Norton swung his club, empty rifle up in both hands and beat down a man firing at him with a revolver. 
all about him were struggling forms and he was sore beset now and then to know who was who a fierce mustachioed black brown man thrust a rifle towards his breast and pulled the trigger and screamed out his curses as norton put a revolver bullet through him a slender boyish form sprang up on a rock recklessly training his rifle upon brocky lane it was the kid but the kid had met a man quicker surer than himself and brocky fired first kid rickard spun and fell norton saw him drop but lost sight of him before the body struck the earth he had found del rio del rio had found him two smoking revolvers were jerked up two guns spoke through the clamor as one gun the men were not ten feet apart as their guns spoke norton felt a bullet rip along his outer arm the sensation that of a whiplash cutting deep he saw del rio stagger back under the impact of a forty-five caliber bullet which must have merely grazed him since it did not knock him off his feet del rio his lips streaming his curses and hatred fired again but his wound had been sore than norton's his aim was less sturdy and now as he gave back it was to fall heavily and lie still it had lasted less than five minutes it's jim galloway's fight and galloway don't come someone had shouted they broke again gave back and back and then were running every man of them scenting defeat and much worse than defeat unless he came to a horse before another five minutes and after them Firing now as they ran came Brocky's cowboys and Norton's men. "'They've got all of their horses over there together,' yelled Brocky into Norton's ear. "'The horses for those guineas who have been hiding out of their mountains, too. That's why I cut in between them that way. Now, if we can only scatter their cayuses, why, Roddy, we'll have every damned one of them afoot to be rounded up when we get ready.' And Brocky, limping as he went, had raced along after the others. But Norton did not follow. His eyes had gone to the horses which he and the San Juan men had left behind the little line of boulders, and traveling that way, he had seen a lone horseman far off to the south, a horseman riding frantically, seeking to come to the lower slopes of Mount Temple. End of chapter 25